You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Richard Pryor? You heard that right. In a film released today in 1983, moviegoers were treated to Clark Kent's high school reunion, super shenanigans which included blowing out the Olympic torch and straightening the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and a Superman vs. Superman brawl in a dump. Who could ask for more? I'm Roberto Lewis, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for June 17th. And on this day in 1983, Superman 3 premiered. How did a Superman film with such a zany plot make it to the silver screen? Why did it almost not get off the ground, and how did it land with critics and fans? Superman 3 got off to a rocky start. Richard Donner, who directed the first Superman film, had been controversially fired during the filming of Superman 2. This infuriated stars Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve. According to IMDb, Kidder spoke out against the firing of Donner to producers Alexander and Ilya Salkind. Kidder believed that this is why her part was cut to a paltry 12 lines and a mere 5 minutes of screen time. The Salkins contend they simply decided to go in a different direction. Christopher Reeve threatened not to come back at all for the film, partially because of Donner, but also because he hated the script. This sent producers on the hunt for a new Man of Steel. Contenders for the role included John Travolta, Jeff Bridges, Kurt Russell, and finally, Tony Danza. There are a couple of rumors as to what finally made Reeve don the cape, but no leads as to which is the truth. The first is that Danza was set to take on the role, but director Richard Lester could not bear the idea of Danza playing Superman. Lester pleaded for Reeve to return, and he agreed, as long as he was allowed to change the script. The second is that when Reeve got wind that he was being replaced by Tony Danza, he got intimidated, believing the film would have been cancelled if he'd refused to come back. At this, Reeve agreed to the film, supposedly. Either way, we got Reeve back as the Man of Steel, and audiences got an interesting blend of comedy and action for the third installment of the Superman franchise. How did we get Richard Pryor, and how was the film received by fans and critics? More on this in a moment. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Mike Richards. And we're the hosts of Mission Log, The Orville. We look at every episode to break it down from messages, morals, and meanings. We'll be with you every step of the way from episode one to season three when it premieres on Hulu on June 2nd. You can find our show everywhere you listen to podcasts or you can go to podcast.roddenberry.com. We'll see you in the stars. Not if I see you first. Richard Pryor was cast in the film, not after an audition, but after an appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Pryor mentioned to Carson how much he enjoyed Superman 2. Because of this, the Salkins cast him in Superman 3, hoping to take advantage of his success in other films, such as Silver Streak and The Toy. Rounding out the cast are Annette O'Toole as Lana Lang and Mark McClure as Jimmy Olsen. Our villains for the film are Robert Vaughn as Ross Webster, Annie Ross as his stern sister Vera, and Pamela Stevenson as Lorelai. The film was a commercial success, but was panned by both fans and critics, sitting at a mere 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, Christopher Reeve did receive praise for his performance as Dark Superman. Fiction writer Donald Bartlemy praised Reeve as, quote, perfect, end quote. He also praised Robert Vaughn's portrayal of Ross, 
saying he was, quote, essentially playing William Buckley. All those delicious ponderings, popping of the eyes, licking of the corner of the mouth, end quote. That's not bad for a Superman film that's a departure from its predecessors. If you're looking for a little more comedy in your Man of Steel, Superman 3 might be for you. The combination of comedy and action is exactly what made Superman 3 a summer blockbuster in 1983. No small feat considering it was out at the same time as a little film called Return of the Jedi. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for June 17th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.